it's 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 kind of unbelievable. It's kind of like it's kind of like almost like a story that someone else is telling us about our lives, something that we went through that uh, that seems so foreign. Because although it was really, it was very recent and it was a very long period of time in in the in terms of a treatment um, schedule, it was just like yeah, it's just like it's crazy how far he's come. This is Bloodworks 101. I'm your host, John Yeager. Bloodworks 101 is a monthly podcast brought to you by Bloodworks Northwest. We're hoping these stories will educate or inspire you to give time, money, or blood. This episode we're going to call Isaac Strong. It's about an incredible young boy named Isaac Williams here in Seattle and the fight for his life. And with us to tell you a little bit more about Isaac Williams is our own Bill Harper. Bill, tell us a little bit more about uh, Isaac. Like, how old is he? Isaac Williams just turned four. What kind of kid is he? <laughs> He's a regular kid now. He, um, I first met him, he, he came to Bloodworks Northwest for a photo shoot. And I, I still remember the day he came in with, next to his mom and he put out his hands just so politely and said, I'm Isaac Williams. And he goes and he's just being a silly, his silly little self with the photographer and everything. I'm standing there watching him and knowing what his story was and what he'd been through in his just short, you know, at that point he was only three. Um, what he'd been through in his short life, I just, I was really moved to tears because he was so strong and so full of life and just knowing where he had been, I just thought, yeah, I knew that he was going to be an incredible story. So here's Isaac Strong. I met up with Dennis in his office in the Magnolia neighborhood of Seattle on November 15th of last year. When outside on the street below, Bloodworks was having a special blood drive in Isaac's name. I began our interview by asking about the moment he and his wife Kelly got the most devastating news of their lives. This is their story. We brought him in because things weren't quite right. He was getting fevers. He was, you know, he was more fussy than usual. He stopped doing things like shooting down the stairs on his stomach like a little rocket when he woke up in the morning. Like literally, it was like cold turkey. One day, he just, he just didn't want to uh, put any pressure, any pretty uh, pressure on his on his abdomen. Come to find out, after you know multiple trips to the hospital, that uh, you know, and, and us as parents saying, okay. You guys keep telling us to take Tylenol. We need something more. We need something more than that. Um, we want. We want uh, just to make sure there's nothing else going on. Um, so, and it's a good thing we did. We did it when, uh, when we, when we did um, Easter. I'll never forget Easter was at 2017. Easter 2017. He had like 103 and some change fever. I mean, he looked like a little zombie. The next day, we take him into his doctor, his um, pediatrician. We ask for more tests or whatever needs to be done to figure out what's going on. She sends us over to Children's Hospital. They listen to his abdomen on both sides with some blood tests. And then they tell us they want to take us up to the oncology uh, floor. And, of course, you know, that, you know, that's their, you know, without telling us he has cancer, they, they're telling us we're going to a place where they treat kids. with So it's so it pretty apparent um, something else was going on. They told us, uh, so the day we went to Children's, we were there for like two and a half weeks getting, you know, getting tests and figuring out what kind of cancer, how aggressive it was. So it turned out to be um, stage four neuroblastoma. Stage four high-risk neuroblastoma meaning that it had, not only was there a tumor in his abdomen that was about the size of a, of a, of a kid's Nerf football, 
um, not only was that there, but it actually had spread to different spot, spots in his, in his arms and in his legs. So as soon as he was diagnosed, we figured out exactly what he had. They showed us the roadmap, which was, I'll never forget that, that day, um, you know, sitting there with, with my family and them telling us it's, it's an 18-month roadmap to, uh, to getting him to remission. So, um, I mean, the kid was only, he was only 17 months old. So to think about, you know, he's going to be in the hospital for as long as he's been alive uh, and how the heck we're going to manage that was, was, uh, was crazy to even think about. Can you tell me what the worst, like thinking back about all that, those months and those, you know, all that time and you know, just turned four, mm -hmm. the worst, the worst day or the worst moment or the worst news or anything so uh give me a second <laughs> because it's funny you know i don't you don't think about these things um but uh i uh, i know I, I know when the worst point was and um it was after it was after his first stem cell transplant, and, uh, and I remember me and Kelly are sitting on either side of Isaac, as he's in his high chair, and um, and he just he you know he just looked like he looked like those kids in the commercials that you see that that don't make it, and. Uh, and you know he had lost a ton of weight. I mean, he's a, he's like he's a two year old kid. He doesn't have a lot of weight to lose. So, um, you know, he he uh, he just looked like uh, he looked like what you look like before you die. So yeah, he he recovered from that. He he got better. You know, I was yeah. Yes, yeah, the stem cell transplants and the conditioning that uh, you go through to get ready for the stem cell, you know, that whole process was just, that was the worst part, without a doubt. What's it like to look back on that now? It's, it's, it's kind of unbelievable. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, almost like a story that someone else is telling us about our lives, something that we went through. <laughs> that uh, that seems so foreign because although it was a really it was very recent and it was a very long period of time in, in the in terms of a treatment um, schedule it was just like yeah it's just like it's crazy how far he's come you know <laughs> it's funny if the kid like I said if the kid was running around in here now we'd be uh, yelling at him for things that every other kid is getting yelled at in America, you know, stop touching that or stop punching your brother uh, or don't tell me no or stuff like that. So it's uh, it's to see that how far he's come in such a short amount of time is nothing short of, of, of miraculous. You know, it's, I don't know any other way to put it because because we've we've known other kids that have had the exact same thing as him. I've actually had, haven't even had as aggressive as a, as a diagnosis who have passed away. We've been to their funerals, same same age, you know, same type of cancer. Um, so, I we know the reality, you know. And luckily, you know, he, uh, you know, for whatever reason, he's, you know, he's blessed. He's still here, and 
he has a can't wait to see what is why he's what he's here for. <laughs> How do you think that this has changed him in terms of him? You know, obviously, it's not a typical four-year-old's trajectory in life. You know, that's a good question. I guess that's to be determined. Uh, I would say that I don't know. The kid is. Uh, we we've always. Isaac has always been very stubborn and very particular. Um, he wants he will, he wants things like he, <laughs> when he when he gets a when he gets a what we call a grilled cheese sandwich, he doesn't want a grilled he doesn't want bread that's you know a traditional he wants a hamburger bun that's been flipped inside out with cheese. <laughs> he wants it he wants it to look just like a hamburger with just one, just with no meat, right? If it doesn't look just like that, he doesn't want it. So we always joke like with this whole cancer thing, it's like. If he's half as stubborn with the cancer, with what's going on in his body, um, he'll be fine. He does, you know, he sees the pictures. He sees, like, the, the whole, the strong against cancer thing. He has a cape on. He's flexing, you know. He sees um, how uh, he is perceived coming out of, he knows he had cancer. He sees the scar on his, I mean, talk, talk about something that's, you know, a, a battle wound. The kid has a scar that goes from basically, you know, hip to hip and then up to his, right below his uh, chest so i mean that will be a that'll be a reminder every day to him of what he went through so we I mean, you know he's gonna we're gonna tell him his story and kind of what he went through when he can understand it and uh we can tell him more detail but um i i think it's gonna do nothing but i mean you can already kind of see it in you can see the fight in this kid this kid i mean he <laughs> he just doesn't he doesn't take no for an answer he's uh very determined and i can only imagine when he can understand what exactly he went through when he's eight and nine and 10, I can only imagine um, what that's, what that's going to do for his character. Um, I am very curious to see what he's going to be <laughs> when he is my age. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a pretty cool kid. He doesn't even know it yet. He doesn't even know how, he doesn't even know how cool he is. It's an incredible story, Dennis. Yeah. If you could sum it up, like, if you could say something to, like, 20-year-old Isaac now. Ooh. Jeez. Um, just, we're just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I did not know this interview was going to be... I'm not, a, I'm not a guy who cries. Hey, man, it happens. This might be the second time, <laughs> you know. But that is one thing that will get me when I, when I stop and think about that. But uh, what would I tell 20-year-old Isaac? I'd tell him that... Uh, I would tell him that you have no idea how 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 strong you are and that there's really I mean if you can beat that well, what can't what can't you beat what can't you do you know so I would say that um you know I would say, I would say set your set your aim pretty high because odds are you're you're probably going to be able to accomplish whatever you set your mind to based on this You're listening to Bloodworks 101. I'm Bill Harper. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll hear from Isaac's mom, Kelly, about what life is like after cancer and about the worries that cancer gave her that never really seemed to go away. So, Kelly, now that it's been three years since Isaac's diagnosis, when they told you that 50-50 chance... Still can't imagine that. But looking at him now, it's hard to believe that they would even say that. He just looks like a regular, happy, bubbly, four-year-old kid. And so I just wanted to ask, with everything that you've been through since, 
what's life like now? What's what's changed and, and what do you think about and worry about? That's kind of a weird, it's a weird question to answer just because on one end of the spectrum where I feel good because Isaac mm-hmm. is good and that's what we all fought for for 15 months was for Isaac to be where he is today, running and jumping and playing <laughs> and yelling boo at me from the couch and going to school and all those beautiful, <laughs> wonderful things. But at the same token, now that we've been out of it for so long, I feel like the fog is lifting a little bit and I'm starting to kind of really think about and remember everything that happened and that he Mm -hmm. went through, um, that we went through as a family unit. And it's just, um, I don't know, it's a really weird place because then too, as I mentioned, with scans coming up again in January, it's like we haven't had scans now for five months. And so it's easy to we don't ever forget about it, right? Mm-hmm. But we are living our lives like we have a, two healthy kids because we do have two healthy kids. But then we get that reminder from children's in the mail or on the phone. Scans are coming up. Yeah. And it's like we're thrown right back into it again. Mm-hmm. And all of those, for me anyway, all of those feelings of anxiety and, you know, oh my gosh, relapse. That word comes back into yeah. my, the forefront of my mind. And it's like I, it, that's hard to process. Because oh, like, we're, me and Mr. Bill are talking, so I can't race right now. Here, go play with this. Here, go play. Thank you. Thank you. We'll I'll, race later. I'll race with you later, guys, I can promise. And you can bring those to Papa, too. What? You can bring those to Papa. But Papa would race, too. Um, He's just like me, but I'm saying. Yes. Um, so, like, it doesn't take much. For as no. far away as you can get it in the five months. It doesn't take as much. As far away, wake up every day with two normal kids. Yeah. As far away as you can get from it, it doesn't take much to bring it all back. Exactly. And even like we were talking earlier, you know, he gets a bruise on his leg or he has a cough for for four or five days, which to, if Isaiah had a cough for four or five days, oh, you're okay. You have a cold. If Isaac gets a cough for four or five days, why isn't your body fighting it? You know, are your counts low? And if your counts are low, what does that mean? Are you, is your, is it something else? And it's just a really weird place to be, I guess. And it, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't take much at all. And, and I don't think for the rest of my life, I mean, maybe it will get easier. I don't know. We're still pretty mm-hmm. fresh out of it, but I feel like in the back of my mind, there's always going to be that. Well, what if, and you know, what are the implications for the rest of his life? What is mm-hmm. his life going to look like? Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's hard. It's beautiful because, like, here you sit. Here we are. And he's over there, content as can be. Yeah. Yeah. He's it's, just hanging out. He's just a kid. Yeah, he's just, I love that. He's just a kid. And he, that's, he's he totally is. Exactly. And I love that. He's going to stay there. And I keep, totally that's right. why I keep saying we are living our lives. Mm-hmm. And I need to remind myself of this when I start to worry and get anxious. But we have we have two healthy children, uh-huh. and we we will raise him, both of them, to be productive, beautiful members of society because they that's what they will be. And so that's a that's great to say. It's beautiful, Kelly. It's over. <gasps> it's over. Yeah. Well, it's almost your nap time, Mister. Dennis's lesson to an older Isaac that you're stronger than you think you are is what you learn from cancer. I've had cancer too, leukemia. 
It found me on the southern edge of the Sahara Desert at age 20, and in my worst moments, someone told that same thing to me too. You will find strength in you you never knew you had, he said. 267 blood transfusions later, he was right. The story of cancer, no matter how it ends, is written in hope, love, strength, and human kindness, four parts of all of us much stronger than cancer could ever hope to be. We are here now, Isaac and I, living proof that we are all strong enough and that hope is never false, only more faithful. Thanks, Bill. That's an amazing story. And to think that a kid can be described as a strong-willed four-year-old, wow. I can't wait to see what kind of person Isaac Williams grows up to be. Thanks. Well, that's just about it for Bloodworks 101, a monthly podcast brought to you by your friends at Bloodworks Northwest. Thanks for listening. I'm John Yeager. Until next time. Thank you.